the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Since his battle with coronavirus last night. First of all, I'm feeling great. I don't know about you. How is everyone feeling? Good? President Trump addressing what was called a peaceful protest for law and order from the White House balcony. I want to thank all of you for your prayers. I know you've been praying, and I was in that hospital. I was watching down over so many people. And I went out to say hello to those people, and I took a little heat for it, but I'd do it again. Let me tell you, I'd do it again. The president plans to hit the road starting Monday with a campaign rally in Florida. Shelley Antler, Washington. Rain from Hurricane Delta saturating states across the Deep South, Tennessee Valley, and Mid-Atlantic regions today up to six inches in some places. This is SRN News. It's coming down to the wire. The lunatic left is doing all it can to take back America. You've seen the radicals take over the Democrat Party. You've seen the riots in the streets. You've seen them blame President Trump for their own riots. They blame him for the coronavirus. Now they blame him for the wildfires in the West. Are you sick of it yet? Are you ready to defend all that is good about America? You can do it November 3rd. It's up to you. AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Money Matters with Alan Mike are celebrating their 500th show next Saturday at noon. Then tune into a Money Matters marathon on our sister station, Freedom 1570, next Sunday from 4 to 9 p.m. 500 shows. Congratulations, Alan Mike. Well done. Just past 1 o'clock on this Sunday here in the Twin Cities. Take a look at your forecast for today. Partly sunny and breezy today. We'll reach a high of 70. And we got Hour 1, Brad Carlson of the Northern Alliance Radio Network starting right now here on AM 1280, The Patriot. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we'd like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. That's hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow with any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Vikings don't play till this evening, so we figure, yeah, we probably got a few more listeners tuning in live as opposed to listening to the podcast. I do occasionally get messages from listeners during the week as they they're listening back to the podcast. So I know that I know y'all are out there. I see you. I hear from you, and and I, I I try to 
I, I, I typically am able to answer all the direct inquiries you send me regarding stuff we talk about on the show when you're listening back to the podcast during the week. So we appreciate it. But if you're, if you're live today, that's awesome. We appreciate that. And we'd like to hear from you because obviously the first couple segments at least, I'm going to recap the vice presidential debate from this past Wednesday. Uh, obviously, we did a show, a recap show, myself, Mitch Berg, and Alpha News' Kyle Hooten uh, after the debate. And, you know, it was just a quick one-hour blitz, didn't take phone calls. So if you'd like to call in, again, 651-289-4488, and give me your perspective. You know, what what'd you think of the debate? Who do you think won? Uh, will it make much of a difference? I, In, in promoting this debate, I, I talked about how Vice presidential debates really never have much of an impact. People give them a cursory cursory glance. That's all fine and good. But I I also emphasize that this particular one just seemed different. Obviously, in the light of the president contracting coronavirus a little over a week ago, that Mike Pence had to be ready to assume the role of commander-in-chief if, you know, the president was going to be incapacitated, you know, due to this uh, virus— for some time uh, that didn't turn to turn out not to happen, but it just kind of shows, Hey, there is a need for a vice president. And of course, because many Americans don't believe Joe Biden were he elected would be able to finish an entire one term. Thus Kamala Harris would be elevated to president that, okay, we might want to listen to what she has to say on the issues because she could very well be president. Uh, were Biden elected. So from that standpoint, I felt like that there was a little more fanfare uh, regarding this vice presidential debate, a little more uh, attention paid to it, if you will. And I will say, I actually enjoyed this debate. It was very spirited. Uh, There was a lot of substance back and forth. Okay, unlike the presidential debate from the week before, it was just a raging garbage fire, as, as we anticipated but this one, it was it was more substantive. But I will say, um, I, I I feel like I know uh, leftists, and it's kind of scary. But I feel like I know them better than almost better than they know themselves. Because I said, you know, we were we we watched a debate outside the, uh, in the conference room right outside the studio here, and I was saying. You know, to to Mitch and and Kyle and I know our operations manager Lee Michaels and the consigliere John Berg they were also out there too we were hanging out a little bit uh, dinner from Rack Shack Barbecue by the way one of our valued sponsors thank you very much great stuff there by the way I said you know I'm calling it right now and it's not like I was exactly going out on a limb but there are going to be widespread charges of misogyny and mansplaining when criticizing Pence about this debate the tweets are you could just you might as well draft put them write them right now put them in your drafts folder and then within a few minutes after the debate starts you could say well oh, Pence doing an awful lot of mansplaining there and Kamala Harris set the tone early because when you're in a debate with someone where you obviously are on polar opposites regarding issues, there's going to be talking over each other. There's going to be the inevitable, that's not true, please note, you're wrong, this, that. It's going to happen. And Kamala Harris set the tone early because when 
Vice President Pence just kind of shook his head and says, no, that's not true. I, excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Vice President. I'm, I'm talking. I'm speaking right now. I'm speaking. Okay, you do that, you know, early on. But she kept doing it over and over and over to where the, the point where she overplayed it because she knew the vacuous bobbleheads on the left that are perusing Twitter were, were going to come out with a mansplaining charge. And they absolutely did. It was it was as predictable as the sun rising in the east. It, it was. And that's exactly how it happened. Let's see, I've, I've um, bookmarked some of the tweets that uh, – that came out about this, but, but yeah, again, it was, it was predictable because they want to continue to go on the offense. You know, Trump is obviously suffering with, with women, you know, the female demographic in, uh, you know, in the polls he did in 2016. And he certainly is now particularly suburban women. So they want to continue to, to uh, lock in that constituency. So they went with the, with the mansplaining charge and, you know, here, here's my biggest, here's my problem with this. For years, we've been hearing how women aren't getting an equal opportunity to be part of a presidential ticket. And you can't necessarily disagree because the first woman, in, at least in a major party ticket, Democrat or Republican, uh, you know, I, I, I too share your frustration that like the Constitution Party, Libertarian Party, you know, Green Party, you know, independent, whatever. I, I too share your frustration that they aren't getting more play, especially now the past couple of election cycles where you have uh, two very undesirable options. Okay. So I, I, I get that, but I'm talking within the context of the first ever minority female on a presidential ticket in a major party, one of the major two parties, Democrat or Republican. Of course, Geraldine Ferraro, was Walter Mondale's running mate. That was just more of a Hail Mary because Reagan was going to be elected. Ronald Reagan was going to be reelected in a landslide, and he won 49 of 50 states. Okay? So that was just a Hail Mary by Walter Mondale. You know, say, hey, look at this, first ever female on a major party presidential ticket. And, of course, um, amazingly, Sarah Palin didn't get the same courtesy when she was when she was mans whenever she was mansplained in different interviews and whatnot. Funny how that wasn't chief concern back in, in 2008. But I digress here. So my point is, you finally have a female minority getting a great opportunity to be on a, on a, on a presidential ticket. Okay, because you're screaming for all these years, equality, equality, equality. Women ha- should have every opportunity to be on a presidential ticket. More women today than ever are making decisions, major decisions within their household. You know, which like, whenever they say that, I'm like, no, duh. I was basically raised by my mother and my maternal grandmother. So this idea that, well, women are more than capable of making decisions. In fact, more of them are. I'm like, uh, yeah, don't don't need to explain that to me. I'll, I'll share my story with you sometime if you'd like to hear it. I won't do it right now on the radio, but she gets Kamala Harris gets this opportunity. So now that she has this opportunity, wants to be on equal footing, get the same equal opportunity as a man. Why was the insinuation that she be treated with rhetorical kid gloves so pervasive out there in Twitterverse? Because Mike Pence is as even keel and unflappable as they come. And was he tough? Yeah, he was tough. But do you think 
that he would have been any less tough, any less aggressive if it were a white guy opposing him? See, this is this is where this is where the inconsistency is showing here. You're you're People have been kvetching for decades about women getting an equal equal opportunity on a, on a presidential ticket. Now that they have it, we're not supposed to hold them to the same scrutiny if the opponent, if Pence's opponent were a white guy? Is, is that where you're going with this? Uh, seriously, I want to know. Explain to me how you are supposed to scrutinize somebody's record but not be considered mansplaining. Explain to me how you hit back at the misrepresentations and flat-out fabrications about not only the Trump administration's record, but about history in general, the way near the end where Kamala Harris completely bungled uh, Abraham Lincoln appointing a Supreme Court justice back in the day. Explain to me how you are supposed to retort to what you see as very obvious misstatements. How are you supposed to do that without being considered mansplaining? I want to know. I want to know. But let's be honest. It, it was just used as a chanting point to, to hit Pence over the head with, to use as a cudgel. Because Mike Pence, again, you may not agree with his political philosophy, and that's where most of the hatred from the left comes. is because Mike Pence is a very decent, moral man, and they don't like his position. You know, Mike Pence was opposed to same-sex marriage back in the day. But it's the law of the land now. You don't see him trying to... Uh, beat people over the head trying to overturn what's now the law of the land, same-sex marriage, when he was governor of Indiana. He he implemented the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which allowed for people to exercise their freedom of conscience. If a church felt as though a union that took place in their church violated their moral beliefs, their long, deeply held religious beliefs, that they would not have to be forced to engage in a in a, in a relationship or a ceremony that they didn't want to, you know? So I understand where the rage towards Mike Pence comes from that standpoint, but you can never accuse him of being disrespectful, of being blustery or overly aggressive like his boss, the president of the United States. So there were a lot of uh, impressions I had of this vice presidential debate, but that one, you know, like I said, you knew it was going to happen. You knew the charges of mansplaining were going to happen, and it's lazy. It's lazy. It's infantile. It didn't happen. Yeah, I don't like how patronizing things have become because what I don't like is that it's great that we put these position uh, people in positions that normally they wouldn't be in uh, just based off history, like you're saying, like uh, having Sarah Palin being the first woman to be a candidate for vice president, and now we have Kamala, uh, Kamala being First African American, actually, Geraldine Farrar was. Actually, first, actually uh, you're right. You're right. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I know it was well before you were born, but come <laughs> on here. <laughs> sorry, need to take a history lesson. Don't remember my A push. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's patronizing, and I don't like how once we get these po- people into these positions that we're trying to get them in, we don't think that they can hold their own once they have those positions. We don't think that they can carry themselves, and. When this kind of stuff happens, I just, you know what, take a step back, let them do their thing. They're, they're going to be just fine. I, I don't like the double standard in this regard. It's just like we got them to this point. It's now lazy, let them yeah. go ahead and do it. They can. I mean, if we believe in these candidates, which teach our own, then our job is done. We've gotten them to that position. Now they can go and run with it and hopefully do a good job. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo, who, um, you know, I mean, he's not, he, he's he's an he's a entertainment guy and an American, so he has a right to say what he wants to say, but he's largely irrelevant in the terms of political commentary. You know, say, just going, just going over it all in my head. The way Mike Pence constantly interrupted and spoke over Kamala Harris was a prime example of white male supremacy and its common dismissal and disrespect for black women. So the narratives, the template, they were already set. And all they had to do was just wait for the debate and just put them out there so it didn't look like they were pre-written. But let's be honest, these these, these were pre-written. You know, and if you if you are also saying that, then you have literally, and I mean literally, never watched a political debate before. If if you're if you're up in arms about people interrupting each other in a debate stage, you have literally never watched a political debate if you're outraged about that, because it's it's childish and it's infantile to suggest that that's somehow a unique uh, occurrence in a debate. And oh well, it mu- it's only happening because you know she's a woman. It's like give me a break. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. We'll get into a little more substance of the debate, some of the issues where they went back and forth. Uh, my main impression of this debate, Mike Pence is orders of magnitude better at defending the Trump administration and Trump policies than is Donald Trump, that is for sure. Uh, folks, you're going to notice the musical theme today. Uh, rest in peace, Edward Ludwig von Halen i.e. Eddie Van Halen, who passed away at the age of 65, of course, lead guitarist with the uh, legendary group Van Halen. Yeah, it's going to be all Van Halen bumper tunes today. Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. We'll be back in mere moments on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. The U.S. Constitution and the rule of law are under attack now more than ever before. A radical agenda by the far left is destroying the bedrock of our great nation. We must protect conservative ideals with our votes and in our homes. Join Dennis Prager, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, Charlie Kirk, and Larry Elder for America's Town Hall 2020. A live stream discussion about how we reclaim our country from a democracy that's under attack. America's Town Hall 2020. Visit SalemTownHall.com for tickets. We can all agree that a good education benefits students, their family, and society as a whole. Education shapes your child into the person they will become. Join your local hosts, Rebecca Hagstrom and Mark Durkin, as they explore how to get the best education for your child while ensuring that the values you're teaching at home are being respected. From cursive to curriculum and everything in between, school is now in session. Education Nation, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. 
If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. Imagine sharing a prayer request from your phone and seeing as those around the world take your request before God. The new Pray With Me prayer app will connect you with other Christians worldwide who have experienced the power of prayer and know the encouragement it can provide. Visit PrayWithMe.com to discover how your faith can grow when we pray without ceasing. Receive prayer. Pray for others at PrayWithMe.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, and iHeartRadio. They go together like freedom and the Second Amendment. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Welcome back. AM twelve eighty the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson, the closer. Thanks as always for tuning in. As I am closing out this week's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. We're gonna get to it, fear not. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Hey, don't forget, you can catch our friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It's 9 to 11 a.m. every Saturday for The King Banyan Show. And my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, in these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot, Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. Together, we are the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 16 and a half years in dominating all-important weekend talk radio. It is the first all-grassroots political talk show, often imitated, never duplicated. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Continuing our discussion on the vice presidential uh, debate, I uh, was a little annoyed by the uh, just uh, utterly infantile and childish charges of mansplaining, which had uh, no basis in fact, no basis in reality. But then again, this may be the left co-opting language once again to fit a narrative like they are with court packing. Yeah, we might get to that a little bit. All of a sudden, they're changing that particular narrative. But I want to continue to talk about the vice presidential debate and do want to take a phone call on that as well. Line one, Mark is in St. Louis Park. Mark, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Brad, as usual, a great show, and thanks for taking my call. Just a couple points. Um, there's a few guests on MSNBC that called it a draw. That means Pence won, That means it was a first-round TKO by Pence. Right. <laughs> they're calling it a draw. But just real quick, Sarah Palin was trashed from day one of course. By, by the media. But just real quick, Janice Rogers Brown was a California Supreme Court justice. George Bush nominated her to the D.C. appeals court. Uh, Harry Reid uh, said, ain't going to happen. So they filibustered her. So she, and she was a African-American female. Right. She hit all the boxes. She hit all the boxes. These people are frauds. It's a, it's, a, it's a false narrative. They didn't care that she was black. They didn't care if she was a woman. She was a conservative. They're total frauds. And I'll hang up and get your opinion on it. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mark. And, and, and speaking of frauds, yeah, I remember that very well. And that was what precipitated the Gang of 14, where you had seven Republican senators, and they were basically seven rhinos, 
uh, and seven Democrat senators who got together and say, "Okay, look, you know, filibustering. This was something that just wasn't done in judicial hearings. It's just like they had their hearings and then they gave the obligatory, okay, we're cutting off debate, and then came the up or down vote, whether to vote to confirm or turn down appointment. And I remember that because a gang of 14 got together and said, okay, you know, we Democrats, we won't filibuster anymore, but here are a list of judges we will not accept, and then you put for and we'll go from there. And that was where the beginning of the end for Republicans in Washington for a while, because so angered were Republican voters that Republicans could be so gutless as to not take advantage of the power they had, because they had the White House, the House, and Senate. And many people are saying, well, Republicans invoke the nuclear option. Just say, you know what? Enough of this. It's only going to take a simple majority to stop a hearing or to end a hearing, and then we'll do the up or down vote. And... That was just a, and Harry Reid was one of them who thought that was a complete travesty to even consider ending centuries of tradition such as a filibuster. But then eight years later, Harry Reid obviously wasn't as concerned about that because he, as majority leader, uh, ended the judicial filibuster. So Harry Reid is basically the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, and that's why, and that's a, a somewhat indirect reason why Amy Coney Barrett is going to be the next Supreme Court justice. Yeah, I said it. It's happening. So we want, but thanks for the call, Mark. We appreciate it. Yeah, we want to continue our discussion about the uh, uh, vice presidential debate. I thought uh, Mike Pence again. That was why that was my um, early. That was my one big impression of how he is able to defend the Trump administration and Trump's policies better than is Trump. I mean, we know Trump. He's not a political guy. You know, he's just going to say the first thing that comes to mind. And a lot of people consider that a feature, not a bug. And, and a lot of pe- that was the big appeal for Trump in that he wasn't the typical politician who's been in the D.C. swamp for decades. But there also has to be measured response to certain things. And they can be, have a base. Your measured response can have a basis in fact, while also touting the good things your administration does. You know, that can be done. But Trump is seemingly undermining his own cause for reelection. And what this past Wednesday's debate further underscored for me is how underutilized Mike Pence is. Because he, again, terrific on messaging, a great messenger. I've always known this about him. I've been following Pence's career, not as close as I do now, now that he's vice president, but I've been following Pence's career since he was a congressman in Indiana, out of Indiana and then became uh, Indiana governor. So I've known this about him. And the fact that he hasn't been utilized more by the Trump campaign and the Trump administration for, you know, the the administration's messaging, it's been a travesty. And we need to go no further back than six months ago when the coronavirus pandemic started to uh, wreak havoc here in the United States. President Trump appointed Pence as the head of the coronavirus task force, saying, you know, Mike Pence will facilitate, you know, kind of be the head of this. He'll... He'll facilitate the needs of of the governors of each of our 50 states, whatever they need to combat this, because obviously major decisions on whether to uh, close businesses or whatnot are done at the state level. And Mike Pence will kind of be, you know, head up the response. You know, he and the doctors on the coronavirus task force, they'll be holding daily press briefings to kind of give an an update on how the pandemic is, is moving or how they're addressing the pandemic 
all that sort of thing. And I remember my wife and I were talking about this. We were we had just gotten back from our vacation, and of course, that's all we really heard uh, while we were on vacation. And when we did watch news at the end of the day, is about how coronavirus is coming here. It's here. It's gonna it's gonna spread. We need to get a handle on this right away. And when the president assigned Trump the head of or uh, Pence the head of the coronavirus task force, like oh. Great pick, great pick. So what happens? Within a few days of the daily press briefings for the coronavirus task force, the president is inserting himself in every one of them. And he ends up saying bizarre, crazy stuff like injecting yourself with bleach. So my point in bringing all this up is I just couldn't help but shake my head in disgust and and as well as just regret it's like this is the Mike Pence that should have been out front in so many of this stuff. And the president, you know, you still fulfill your role as commander in chief. You still maybe give a few comments and saying, hey, the coronavirus task force are doing a great job. I'm following their guidance very closely, following their recommendations. They're tied into the CDC. And this is what this is what needs to be done. And hopefully the governors are making the best possible decisions for their respective states. But the president just can't help himself. He has to, you know, this is Trump's personality. This is who he is. He has to insert himself in these things. And that's why, uh, you know, again, I still believe that Trump's going to lose reelection and he'll have nobody to blame for himself for that. But himself, because he's had good people in place still within the administration. I mean, he had good people from day one, but, you know, a lot of them moved on, whether it's, you know, uh, Secretary of uh, Defense James Mattis, uh, UN, uh, UN Ambassador Nikki Haley. Uh, he's had some terrific people move on. H.R. McMaster's was was very good in his role. Uh, you know, Jeff Sessions, I thought, was a very good attorney general, but Trump just gets into these personal spats, and you see what happens. Now, Pence did one thing that I can say is a positive, uh, mostly uh, for the debates, is that uh, there is a vote that is now guaranteed for the uh, Trump campaign, and that is the vote from the common household fly. I think that's all but wrapped up. They seem to love Mike Pence, don't they? Well, it's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you know, you know, to kind of bounce off what Mark said, you know, when MSNBC called it a tie, you know, Pence won it by TKO because uh, obviously they're always going to spin it in favor of the of the progressive. Uh, but another way that, you know, Pence won is people were wigging out over a fly. Oh, it was all social over social media. It's the only thing I could really find about the debate all evening. It was just fly this, fly that. And it, within it about, couldn't find anything within else about relevant. about 10 minutes, the fly had like its own, like six social media accounts. I know. So, yeah. But that's how that's another way, you know, Pence won the debate when people were so fixated on a common house fly. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back. More debate talk and uh, presidential politics right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. 
That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Lee. And this is Matt from the Kingdom Builders. About 22 years ago, I remember doing my father's roof in Bloomington after a huge hailstorm had gone through. And now he just had me come out and take a look at his roof because he wants to make sure it's okay. 22 years old now. Most roofs in that time era were good for about 20, 25, maybe 30 years. So if you're looking to get an honest assessment on whether your 22-year-old roof is still good, give us a call. Yeah, Lee, I remember that storm too. And as I drive around Burnsville, uh, Bloomington, the South Metro, I see all of these roofs that replaced back in 1998. And it may be time for an assessment for us to come out and let you know if you have a year or three left or if now is a good time to get those shingles replaced. For an honest assessment on your roof or gutters, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Those powerful words spoken by Abraham Lincoln over 150 years ago are direct warning for the United States today. Join Dennis Prager, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, Charlie Kirk, and Larry Elder for America's Town Hall 2020, a live stream event on October 18th. Visit SalemTownHall.com for tickets. This honest discussion with trusted voices will unpack why our democracy is under attack from a radical agenda and distinguish how we can reclaim our country from those who are against the rule of law, against liberty, and against freedom. Now, more than ever before, those who love this nation can either allow dangerous ideas to destroy the country from the inside or rise and protect the conservative ideals our founders intended that we enjoy. Watch America's Town Hall 2020 on October 18th, a live stream event designed for this critical time in our country. Visit SalemTownHall.com to get your tickets. That's SalemTownHall.com. Welcome back. AM 12, to the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Yeah, switching up the theme for today's bumper music. A tribute to uh, Eddie Van Halen, who passed away this past week at the age of 65. What kind of cancer was it again? Uh, specifically what he passed away from, I don't know. I know he's had multiple kinds of cancers. I okay. think he's had oral cancer. I think he's had uh, yes. colon cancer, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's been multiple kind of cancers over a number of years. And he was mid-60s? 65. Okay. That's yeah. too bad. Yeah, it's just... Uh, well, unquestioned legend, no doubt about it. And uh, all these bumper tunes will be Van Halen bumper tunes. I've done an even split between David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. I have no preference as far as lead singer. There are, there are guys who will fight you over it, who are passionate about it. Uh, David Lee Roth, and I'll fight you if you say otherwise. That sounds like something Mitch Berg would uh, take a stand on. Mitch Berg definitely takes a stand on David Lee Roth. That's probably who I was referencing. Because he, he said it before I even finished the question the other night when I asked him about that. He's all, David Lee Roth. So, and I can see that. And that was most of your uh, 2020 vice presidential debate coverage. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> 
So continuing our discussion of the uh, vice presidential debate, I did want to talk specifically about issues. Obviously on COVID, the COVID response, uh, this is one where Mike Pence was going to have to parse his words carefully because the administration definitely is on the defensive, especially when you're less than a week removed from a super spreader event at the White House where multiple people that attended the uh, confirmation or the excuse me the nomination announcement for Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court uh, came down with COVID, including the President of the United States himself and the First Lady and three Republican senators and multiple members of Trump's staff. So obviously the Vice President was going to have a difficult time, you know, articulating, uh, putting a positive spin on this. But it, but I, I will say that it was it was hilarious where uh, the one zinger that Pence had in there was Kamala Harris talking about, well, when we when Joe Biden is president, here is going to be our administration's plan, you know, talking about the uh, the, the heightened testing and uh, creating new PPE and developing a vaccine. And Mike Pence, you know, as calm and unflappable as they come, says, you know what? When I look at their plan that that talks about advancing testing, creating new PPE, developing a vaccine, it looks a little bit like plagiarism, which is something Joe Biden knows a little bit about. (laughs) So I loved it. And for those of you who might be confused, uh, Google Joe Biden and Neil Kinnock, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So Great response by the vice president in an area where, let's face it, the Trump administration uh, doesn't really uh, have a, a ton of credibility. Another one is taxes. Is Kamala Harris said day one, Joe Biden is going to overturn the tax cuts and job back, the Trump, or she calls it the Trump's tax cuts. Because when you say when you say what you're going to overturn the bill, tr- tax cuts and jobs act. Well, people think you're going to overturn a bill that supports tax cuts and jobs. So, of course, she just calls it the Trump's t- Trump tax cuts and falsely, falsely says it's a tax plan that only benefited corporate America and the wealthy, which is not true. And about 91 percent on average had lower taxes. In fact, this is where Kamala Harris also has no credibility because she came out with uh, tweets talking about how when people got their tax refunds the first tax year after the tax cuts went into effect the tax cuts and job act went into effect says well I don't see a lot of tax cuts here boy people are people are getting a heck of a lot smaller tax refunds than they used to because they're paying less in taxes are you seriously not not understanding this but again this is part of the leftist strategy they think voters don't know the difference and can't draw the distinction so Mike Pence said, oh, OK, you, you, did, you hear, did you hear Senator Harris over there? She just said on day one, your tax is going up. Said, oh, no, 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 I didn't say that. I said only on the only on, on those making four hundred thousand dollars a year or more. Well, that that's not compatible, because if you are you going to just raise taxes on those making four hundred grand a year or more? Or are you going to reverse the Trump tax plan, which you just said? Because if you reverse, reverse the Trump, Trump tax plan, it's going to hamper a heck of a lot more people than those making over four hundred thousand dollars. And so Mike Pence was able to say, there you heard it. There you heard it. She's going to, uh, she, they're going to increase taxes on day one. So another score for Pence. Uh, the court packing. This, is, this has been making a lot of news. And this is an area, if the Trump campaign is smart and stays on message, which, let's be honest, the president himself isn't the greatest at message discipline. 
but court packing. This entails adding seats to the Supreme Court. And as Ed Morrissey, he appeared with Mitch yesterday, talked about almost making it into a shadowy legislature. That's never what the the court was meant to be. It was meant to be a third co-equal branch of government to ensure that any laws passed by Congress and then signed by the president pass constitutional muster. That's one of its many roles, but that's an important role. But if all of a sudden you add a ton of seats to the Supreme Court and, like Ed said, make it into a shadowy legislature, what's the point of of having three co-equal branches of government? Because really all it's going to turn into is just basically another legislature. Or once the precedent is set, say the, the Democrats pack the courts with extra seats, what's that to prevent Republicans? When a Republican president and a Republican Senate takes over, say if Biden wins the presidency and the Democrats take the Senate, what's say years down the road, a Republican gets back to the White House and the Republicans get back a Senate, what's to say they won't add seats? And that just becomes to the point where all of a sudden you're having to hold Supreme Court hearings in a you in a, a capital sized building, you know. So the De- Harris and Biden have been very evasive on this. He said, "Will you pack the courts?" They asked about court packing. Kamala Harris answered first. She said, and she used it as a non sequitur to hit the Trump administration on there not being enough diversity in the federal court appointments. Because there were well over 100 vacancies in the federal courts, you know, not the Supreme Court, but all the other courts, district courts, what have you, appellate court, everything else. And Kamala Harris, instead of answering directly the question on court packing, said, well, the Trump administration, well, they, 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 uh, they appointed all these judges and it has some of the least amount of diversity I have ever seen. Um... Yeah, the question was about court packing, but thanks for that. And Mike Pence, you know, asked her directly as well. And, of course, you know, she got on the defensive, and that must be mansplaining, I guess, when Mike Pence asked her a direct question. And Mike Pence is just able to say, there you have it. She won't answer it directly. They're going to pack the courts. There's your proof right there. And Joe Biden has doubled down on it this past weekend. A couple, a few days ago, he said, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not going to answer that question until after the election. And then a day after that, he was asked that question again, and he said, nope, not answering that question. And the, and the interviewer said, well, uh, Mr. Vice President, don't you think that the voters deserve to know that if you that if you become president, you're going to pack the courts? And Biden responded, nope, they don't deserve to know. I, and you know that this is polling badly because now they're changing the definition of what court packing is. They're saying, well— Look at all these judges, these appellate court judges that the Republicans have added since they've been in the majority. It's been it's been 30 as opposed to just two for the Democrats or oh, court packing. You want to talk about court packing? Well, they left it at eight seats during all of 2016. And then after Trump won election, then they then they uh, appointed Neil Gorsuch. So the Republicans are doing their own version of court packing. They're now defining court packing as which president, which party gets the most choices to appoint to the Supreme Court. That's what they're calling court packing now. And that's not what it is. And again, this is straight out of the leftist playbook. When something is polling bad or not going right for them, they're going to either deflect or they're going to completely change the definition. Now their definition is, 
which party has got more opportunity to appoint judges to federal judiciary appointments? That's what they're calling court packing now. And progressives, what offends you more? The fact that they're lying to you? The people like Dan Rather and Howard Dean came out with a screed similar to that and a few other leftist media types? Are you more upset that they're lying to you or that they think you're too stupid to know the difference? Because it's one or the other. And Dan Rather, I know I get Dan Rather's 90 years old. You know, maybe he's losing his bearings. I don't know. But what other explanation could you have for a, a, a newsman who's been in the news business for literally decades coming out and calling the Republicans not holding a hearing for Merrick Garland and then appointing the seat a year later as court packing? So, again, that just shows you right then and there polling must be bad on it. And I've seen polling come out today, overwhelming majority uh, of Americans, I think it was like 58%, oppose court packing. So if you want to know why they're trying to gaslight you, there it is right there. And another quick point uh, they uh, was asked, uh, also was brought up was uh, the Breonna Taylor incident and obviously George Floyd you know, and the rioting and looting that has taken place, you know, after people didn't, uh, well, the ruling that they wanted to happen in, in the Breonna Taylor case didn't happen. They wanted police officers charged with murder. And then uh, in the aftermath of the George Floyd incident, obviously there was rioting and looting. And by the way, Mike Pence has learned uh, how to be a master troll from his boss because one of the guests he had in the audience was Flora Westbrook from here in Minneapolis. She owned a salon that was burned to the ground by the rioters and looters. And one of the people that promoted a fund to help bail out was those rioters and looters was Kamala Harris. So there you go. Uh, Mike Pence, master troll on that particular one. And he talked about all the rioting and looting that have taken place. And of course, Kamala Harris responded, well, these, these protests were mostly peaceful. And NPR came out with a fact check say, well, uh, Mike Pence saying that, uh, that uh, the there was all this rioting and uh, uh, characterized the uh, protests that followed George Floyd's killing as rioting and looting. That's misleading. A report, a recent report, found that more than ninety three percent of protests over the summer were peaceful. So if we go with the narrative, you know what, Bill Cosby, he didn't he he, he didn't drug and rape a lot of women. Ninety three percent of his life was spent doing comedy and acting in TV shows. How would that fly? So that in and of itself is woefully out of context because insurance companies, and this was a fact check done on this NPR fact check, insurance companies are going to be out one to two billion with a B, billion dollars after paying for claims what have what has been dubbed the most expensive in insurance history. So I guess we should thank God it was only seven percent because one to two billion dollars in chump change. So again on issues. And I may be biased because I'm more right of center, but Mike Pence, I thought, was was terrific on issues, even in areas where the administration was vulnerable. But uh, Guy Benson in town hall pointed out uh, Kamala Harris did enough not to totally tor- totally torpedo the campaign. And this is why Kamala, this also proved why Kamala Harris was probably the most overrated uh, of the 20 plus Democrat presidential candidates that got into the 2020 race. I mean, she didn't even make it to Iowa, for crying out loud, because she's a terrible debater and awful at messaging. And we saw it emphasized Wednesday night. 
Uh, Nancy from Hugo is on the line. Nancy, if, if there's any way you can hold during the commercial break, I promise I will take your call first thing when we come back from the break. And if anybody else would like to weigh in, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. Whether you love it or you hate it, winter is upon us. Start preparing before it's too late. Bundle up and save some cash. This fall is the perfect time for Standard Heating and Air Conditioning's Bundle Up for Savings Sale, where you can save at least $1,000 on a new high-efficiency furnace, giving you and your family toasty comfort all season long. In addition to saving $1,000 or more on your new high-efficiency furnace, they're offering payment options or 0% financing. You can take comfort in knowing that Standard Heating has been serving Twin Cities homeowners since 1930 and that their NATE certified technicians will get the job done right and right away. So don't wait for winter. Start bundling up and take advantage of this sale. This offer ends October 31st. Learn how you can save $1,000 or more on your new furnace at standardheating.com slash patriot. That's standardheating.com slash patriot. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. The comfort you deserve since 1930. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Those powerful words spoken by Abraham Lincoln over 150 years ago are direct warning for the United States today. Join Dennis Prager, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, Charlie Kirk, and Larry Elder for America's Town Hall 2020, a live stream event on October 18th. Visit SalemTownHall.com for tickets. This honest discussion with trusted voices will unpack why our democracy is under attack from a radical agenda and distinguish how we can reclaim our country from those who are against the rule of law, against liberty, and against freedom. Now, more than ever before, those who love this nation can either allow dangerous ideas to destroy the country from the inside or rise and protect the conservative ideals our founders intended that we enjoy. Watch America's Town Hall 2020 on October 18th, a live stream event designed for this critical time in our country. Visit SalemTownHall.com to get your tickets. That's SalemTownHall.com. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. You listen every day. I never miss it. So now it's time for you to join the conversation. Who, me? Like AM1280 The Patriot on Facebook and share your thoughts with like-minded conservatives. You can also enter to win prizes, learn about upcoming events, and more. Welcome back, AM1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. I can just picture the uh, the cigarette at the end of his guitar as he's strumming on the guitar. He always kept a cigarette there. Eddie Van Halen, uh, great stuff. Yes, paying homage to legendary guitarist Eddie Van Halen, who passed away this past week at the age of 65. 
I actually shared a Facebook post that his son, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen, put out there. How cool a life is that? You get to hang out with your dad playing guitar and in like a hall, rock and roll band. Just going to those right? concerts as a kid and stuff like that. Like, Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, Van Halen, you know, when I, when I was in high school, Van Halen, of course, that's when they were at their zenith, the huge. And whenever there was a Van Halen concert, you always knew the kids that went because they were always wearing the Van Halen T-shirts the next day. That, that, was, that was a tradition in my high school. Whenever there was a concert that took place, if you went to that concert, that T-shirt you bought at that concert, you wore to school the next day. So what kind of T-shirts did you have at high school then? What kind of concerts did you go to? I always wore sports T-shirts. I didn't go to many <laughs> concerts as a as I a went to a Twins game yesterday. Yeah. I wore a Twins shirt. <laughs> well, yeah. I, did, uh, I just wore sports T-shirts regularly. I didn't have to go to a game the night before. Sure. In fact, uh, I, I, I spent all my money on concessions whenever I was at a ball game. Didn't get a lot of <laughs> souvenirs, that thing. I do like miss that. Dome Dogs. Yeah. Yeah, that that uh, Hormel Roll of Fame jingle. I was in that one. That could die in a fire. That jingle. Uh, the Hormel Roll of Fame. Yeah. Oh gosh. That, hey, I was in. Ever. I got a free hot dog once. We were in the back row of the home run porch, and I got it at some random Twins game. I think in like 2008. So don't diss the uh, Hormel Roll of Fame, man. Oh, not at all. It's just the jingle <laughs> could die in a fire. That's all I'm saying. I'm all for free hot dogs. You know that. But uh, and the Metrodome probably could die in a fire too. Yeah. Oh wait, it did. It, it did. Yeah, it pretty much did. So. Uh, yeah, so that um, I, I pretty much said all I'm going to say in the uh, vice presidential debate. Like I say, I, 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 I concur with Guy Benson, wrote a terrific uh, recap at Town Hall. You know, Pence did well, won handily on the issues, but all Kamala Harris had to do is just, you know, not uh, embarrass the administration or not, you know, torpedo their, um, their, what you call it, their momentum that they seemingly have. You know, because national polls are showing the Biden campaign up by about 10 uh, some swing state polls show the president still very vulnerable. And I know a lot of people are continu- I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people about this stuff recently. They're saying, well, you know, in 2016, you know, it was, it was pretty much the same position. You know, Trump, after the TMZ audio surfaced, was pretty much dead in the water and he was still able to come back. Well, a couple things about that. First off, both Trump and Hillary Clinton were equally despised. They both had terrible... Uh, unfavorability ratings. And yet for both, for the voting bloc that that thought both Trump and Hillary Clinton, uh, they had an unfavorable opinion of them, those voters went overwhelmingly for Trump. Because a prevailing sentiment was kind of, you know what, I have no idea if Donald Trump would be an effective president. In fact, this is what our own Dennis Prager said. So I have no idea if Donald Trump would be an effective president. have no idea. But I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Hillary Clinton would be awful. So therefore, going to cast my vote for Trump. And that's probably what the sentiment was amongst people who despised both, but realized they had to cast a vote for one or the other. They went overwhelmingly for Trump. And then, of course, the other aspect is, then FBI Director James Comey, a week and a half before Election Day, says he's reopening the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails because there were some additional emails that were found, ironically enough, on Anthony Weiner's uh, computer. So that also resurfaced. So unless you're going to get some sort of FBI surprise just before uh, the election, or uh, you know, all of a sudden there's this Biden's favorables tank, then 
it's 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 definitely an uphill battle. And this is something that um, Guy Benson this past week on Fox News also cited. Trump's uh, favorability rating uh, is well underwater, like 10 points underwater, where uh, Biden's is at a plus 16. So there isn't the disdain or the hatred for Biden. And to to point out how difficult this is to for this administration to lose this particular election, there was a uh, poll that was taken recently. Let's see if I can bring this up. It was a uh, Gallup poll that indicated, and why can't I bring this up? Uh, there was a Gallup poll that indicated 50, uh, I just want to be sure that I have my numbers right. It was, uh, yeah, 56%. 56% of Americans say they're better off now than they were four years ago. But yet Trump is woefully behind with, just over three weeks to go. So what does that tell you? It's the president himself who's undermining his own reelection prospects. And again, I get it. He's not your classic, typical politician. He's going to say what he feels, not tries to be political. I get all that. But you can have a good balance between message discipline and still not trying to sound like a canned politician. It is possible to strike that balance. And, you know, the one thing I also bring up is the unemployment rate has recently ticked back down to 7.8%. And this is in the midst of a pandemic where the unemployment rate before the COVID pandemic hit was, what, high threes, low fours, something like that? It was some of the best jobs numbers, unemployment numbers we've ever seen. But yet when the when the pandemic ended up hitting, obviously the economy tanked. But when Barack Obama was reelected, just before he was reelected, The unemployment rate was 7.8%. Exact same it is now. And yet they were telling us that the economy was running full throttle under Obama just before he was reelected. But yet they keep chiding the Trump administration for bad economic numbers and bad job numbers. It's like, well, there's been a little something that's been going on this past six weeks. It's called a global pandemic. So despite all this, um, Trump's got an uphill battle. Not going to say it's impossible because we learned as of last year nothing's impossible, but the dynamic is definitely a little bit different, no doubt about it. Folks, hour number one of the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments, AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Go nowhere. Land of 10,000 lakes has a nice ring to it, but actually Minnesota has more than 11,800 lakes. But who's counting? Well, there's Ann Lake, Balsam Lake, Cass Lake, Detroit Lake, Eagle Lake, Fox Lake, Gull Lake, Hidden Lake, Adam Lake, John Lake, Craze Lake, Lean Lake. But if water isn't your thing, Minnesota is also home to amazing hiking, biking, and more. Find your true north. Visit exploreminnesota.com. Torrey Lake, Rainy Lake, Silver Lake, Toad Lake, U.S. Lock and Dam Pool, 5A, Boss Lake. Attention homeowners. Do you have a house that's in need of serious repairs? Do you have tenants that never seem to make their monthly payments? How about code violations, past due taxes, or maintenance costs you just can't afford? Then call my friends right now with Quick Cash Offer. They specialize in buying any home, no matter how ugly the situation. Turn that problem property into cash right now. It's just that simple. One call and you can get rid of that home headache forever. They buy the ugliest houses with instant closing. 
closings, instant cash, and huge savings. Plus, there are no realtor fees, no listing fees, and no repair costs. Just cash in your hands for that painful property. They're buying a few more houses in your neighborhood this month. So take advantage of this cash offer and call Quick Cash Offer now. 800-775-4514. 800-775-4514. That's 800-775-4514. Warning. 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 Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for twelve eighty. Best burger in town, as far as I'm concerned, and it's twelve eighty anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get back, Rack Shack Attack. So you're searching online for that perfect sermon series that you can really dig into, but you can't seem to find what you're looking for. I suggest you give GodTube.com a try. GodTube.com is loaded with sermons from well-known and revered Bible teachers who cover every topic you can imagine. And there are no shady comment threads or questionable content. Just great sermon after sermon. Hear God's Word daily, grow deeper in your faith, and be inspired by the sermon section on GodTube.com. AM 1280, The Patriot.